I was flicking through the web and I found that, I don't know if you saw this, the tagline for the raid, Redemption. The harder they come, in Jakarta they fall. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. In Jakarta they fall. There you go. That is, that is terrible. Yeah, that's awful. That's pretty much awful. That is, that is Welcome. Yeah, welcome to episode two. Of episode two, yeah. Of a couple of bricks. A couple of bricks. Um, we realised as a part of the feedback that we got, and we do welcome the feedback. We actually got quite a bit of really good feedback. Which is surprising because I did make it uh, known in the last uh, podcast that I wouldn't give a fuck about mm. what people had to say. However, thanks yeah. very much for what you had to say because yes. it was pretty good. Yeah. So. And, it, and, it, and it was good feedback. It was, you guys are really fucking awesome, but what... What yeah. if? Yeah, so, what if? So we, we've taken a little bit of that on board. Um, um, a little bit. Yes. <clears throat> we realised that we didn't, in fact, introduce the podcast at the <laughs> beginning of the show last month, last week. This is a couple of pricks. And uh, yes, welcome. I'm Woody or Matt. I'm Nathan or, or Nate. And we are a couple, a couple of pricks. Of pricks. Yeah. Um, and we're going to work on that synchronicity. We're going to work it together. Yeah. Although, do we want it to be. That smooth. We want it to be, and we're a couple of bricks. And it's good night from me, and it's good night from him. Good night. Is that? <laughs> yes, or maybe it could be a running joke that we never quite get it right. You yes. know, maybe but, it could be like the Ross and Rachel thing. Like everyone really wants us to synchronize together. Yeah. And then when we do get it, the the show will have jumped the shark, and no one will be interested yeah. anymore. It's it's a yeah. delicate balance. It's a tightrope. It is. It's a tightrope. But um, because I. I did get it right once, but we were on a break. <laughs> oh, God. We both just admitted to watching Friends. Well, it is a juggernaut. It was a juggernaut. It was. It was something. It never really appealed as much. to. Having said that, every episode I've watched I've enjoyed, but I didn't love it like everybody else does. No. And I certainly don't get into How I Met Your Mother, which is basically Friends yeah. all over again. But I wanted to mention something straight up. I watched Chasing Amy again. Yeah. Easily the Podfather's greatest work of all time because mm-hmm. I, I, it basically goes Red State, Chasing Amy, then Dogma, and then I, I really like more rats more than Clerks, which mm-hmm. is surprising because Clerks was, was everything. But yeah. I've, I've got a question for you and I've got a question for our listeners. Yes. At the very end of Chasing Amy, spoiler alert, they don't end up together, Holden gives Alyssa a comic, the mm-hmm. Chasing Amy comic. She looks at it, flicks to the last page, says, I'm sorry, Alyssa, wherever you are. She then, someone comes and sits next to her, her dyke lover comes and sits next to her and says, what's that? Or who was that? Oh, it's just some guy I know. So she didn't diss him or anything. Yeah. Then puts the comic to the side. Does she read the comic? There you go. I think, I think she would. Yeah. But I, I think it's an interesting, I, I don't know, I found it really interesting because I was sitting there watching it actually with... with um, my daughter and she was playing around in the playpen and I was just sort of looking at it and for the first time ever, it ever just occurred to me, does she read the comic? Does yeah. she, is the, the, the purpose obviously, because I mean, um, Banky, Banky, yeah, makes that, that motion of the sharing a moment, she's over there, what do yeah. you think, all that sort of thing. Anyway, look, it's for the listeners, it's for the ether. Yeah. Does she read the comic, yes yeah. or no? It could be our first viewer poll. It could be. Or could listener be. poll. Yes. I will say, mm-hmm. you know, my love for, for Kevin Smith has very few bounds. Mm-hmm. One of those bounds, obviously, Jersey Girl. <laughs> cop Out. <laughs> you know what? I didn't hate Cop Out. Yeah. But but very rarely does a movie's title, like, rate itself. Yeah. 
Yes. As much as I do love KS's work, mm -hmm. I think maybe we're putting layers in there. Maybe. <laughs> look, maybe we are. And, and, and you're right. You're probably right. Maybe I'm looking something more into it than it really is. But I would have to say that Chasing Amy, of all of his movies, is the only movie I can finish watching and then press play and watch again. Mm. It, it, is the, it is the best of the, the Askewniverse universe. Absolutely. Hands films. down. Yeah. Um, Hands it, down. It has... It, it does have everything. It has, you know, three-dimensional character. It is yeah. just a really, really well-made And the film. characters, they're not forced. I, and they're, they're the real. I mean, this is where we've got... I, I think, uh, not forced, maybe that was the wrong thing to use, but the idea that in some elements... If, if you take Dogma, for example, every time Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are on screen, they mm. can... Here we've got two really good actors. Damon, I think, head and shoulders above Affleck, but Affleck can still bring it. Yeah. So when we've got those two guys talking to one another, we've got a situation where we've got elevated acting. Go to the X-Men movies, the first X-Men movie, when you've got Sir Ian McKellen and you've got Sir Patrick Stewart talking, yeah. they are fucking head, shoulders, body, every, they're in another stratosphere. Yeah. And then you go back to Hugh Jackman, who, very good friend of the show. Great friend of the show. But uh, who I have an unrequited man crush on. And then they all start to sort of bring it back down again. There's there's an unevenness, whereas I think Chasing Amy is even all the way through. Even the guy who um, who reveals Koei, who reveals the finger cuffs hmm. mono, uh, monologue or through his or whatever. Yes, you're right. I'm probably looking far far too much yeah. into it, but um, but then this is, I think it's also Kevin's most personal. It is movie, and that yeah. could be why it's it resonates as much because absolutely because it is sort of the story of him and Joey Joey, Joey Lauren Adams. Adams, yeah. Yeah. Without yeah, and, and as he constantly mentions, and, and I don't think we probably even need to delve into it too much. Not so much a, a word for word or a blow for blow, but certainly Joe, Joe, Joey Adams was much more experienced in life than mm. Kevin's, and he admits this personally uh, uh, constantly. And and certainly one of the most documented on the Viewerskew um, blogcast or webcasts and what uh, not blog, yeah blog uh, cast. I've got casts on the brain on his blogosphere. He constantly talked about how it all went down and what it mm. was. Look, I think it's, it's just such a great movie, and I think it's worth talking about. Probably we've spent too much time talking about it, but anyway, but uh, maybe we've gone to Hollywood news. That is. Um, that was a segue. Did it you was. Like that? I, that was very nice. Mine needs a little um, polish. I would also like to to welcome listeners. We've welcomed them to the to the podcast, mm -hmm. but we are of course of course broadcasting from the salubrious Nakamichi Ballroom. <laughs> Nakatomi. Na ballroom. Nakatomi. <laughs> Do not, do not cut that out. <laughs> oh, viewers, listeners, if you could only see the look on my face when I, I could kind of sense where he was going with that and then and, he and Nakamichi. Then <laughs> Nakam oh. oh, the Nakatomi ballroom. Oh, the Nakatomi ballroom. Sorry, my, uh, my years of selling fucking hi-fi have just really <laughs> outed me. Thank Christ you didn't call it the Akai room or something. <laughs> or the Tiak. <laughs> <laughs> the Tiak Tea Bag Salon. The Tea Bag Salon. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. the Nakatomi Ballroom. And uh, have we? Is that what we're going to go with? The Nakatomi well, Ballroom. Well, we, we've had very little listener response. Yeah, we, we've had surprising. we've had promised. We've, yeah. we've had promises yep. of listener response and nothing. Particularly, and I'm just checking the uh, I'm just checking the Twitter, the Twitter, the Twitter, the, the Twitter, and uh, Cottonball seventy four has. Said that he'll give us some names. Yep. But it doesn't appear that they've actually hit our website. I don't know if we're having a problem with our upstream service provider. 
or, or he, cotton ball is just all fucking talk. Slack cunt. Slack. Cunt. I think, and I don't think that would be too harsh to say. I don't think so. Slack cunt. Slack. I don't mole. think so. A little bit of a callback to Martin Malloy's slack mole. Yes. So, but no, we do love all our listeners. Yep. Um, and thank you. We. This has been very well received. In, it has. in, in all seriousness, um, the people that have listened to it have given us great feedback. Um, one of my favourites was actually from an old friend of mine who said it was like Hollywood Babylon without the anal jokes. <laughs> or, to, 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 to which I said, the show's still young, hang on. <laughs> well, speaking of anal jokes. Speaking of yeah, anal jokes. I, did, I saw that. I thought that, that, was, that was fantastic. That's a, an awesome, and certainly that's... This is what would we say homage? It is. It's, I mean, it's really inspired by in, inspired Babylon. by in the good old days of yep. Hollywood Babylon, when it, where it used to be about movies. Yeah, <laughs> before it became about fucking nine hours of shout outs and then Liam Neeson's cock. Movie news. Well, Hollywood, Hollywood news. Hollywood news. Uh, well, I, I, if I might, sorry. You, you might. I may. I'm, can, I, can I call this entertainment news? Entertainment news? Entertainment yeah. news. Because I've, yeah, I've got a couple of things in here that aren't necessarily Hollywood, but yeah. oh, fuck you. All right. Listeners, what we've, we've tried to keep this show as fresh and spontaneous as we can. Mm-hmm. There's very little in the way of, um, well, there's no rehearsal. No. That, that should be fairly fucking well, obvious. <laughs> we, we do take the Brett Ratner view of <laughs> rehearsal. Um, but, you know, anyway. But we want, with news particularly, we want fresh reactions. Yep. We want someone to say, hey, did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. Or, no, that's shit. Or, as the unofficial title of this podcast is, fuck you, Michael Bay. <laughs> what? So, so there is entirely possible an overlap of our news. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to edit all that out in post, so you yeah. guys won't know nothing. You fucking rubes. <laughs> really? <laughs> that that whole spiel there, right there. Yeah, we can. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and just a, just a quick note, as we we're sitting here ball massaging the fuck out of one another at this point in time, um, we get along like a house on fire. But uh, Nathan's taste in shit in movies <laughs> is up to shit. Um, and I like Kylie Minogue, so we're really kind of you know swings and roundabouts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Highlander. Okay. Have you heard about the fact that the, this reboot of Highlander is going ahead? I, I, I had heard something a while ago. There. Yeah, and I had I had put it down to like a bad nightmare. Pizza <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's look, they're they're doing the, a, a a reboot. Didn't at, didn't they already do that and call it Highlander two? Uh, no, or Highlander three. I'm sorry, you don't understand. There actually hasn't been any other Highlander movies after the first one. Oh. That's a common misconception. Anyway, (laughs) director Juan Carlos uh, Fresnadillo, who has recently done Intruders, which is that Clive Owen... I think think it's American Spanish or British Spanish horror movie that um, looks very promising. Saw the trailer of this one recently. On his press junket, because he's the director of this movie, Intruders, he he has spoken at length at the fact that he wants to do a Highlander reboot and it's going to he's mentioned that he's not going to have any of the original cast members because he wants to start clean 
and which I think is promising insofar as if they don't try and ham-fist bring back Sean Connery or put in Connor McLeod or Christopher, Christophe Lambert or Christopher Lambert, depending on you know which, where you brought up. But the thing that has touched me personally and for no other reason other than their music speaks to me is that he wants to use the Queen soundtrack or some iteration of, mm. which I think can only be good things. Because that, they, they, I mean, a kind of magic, well, the album was released as a kind of magic, but it was essentially a Highlander soundtrack. And those strong, powerful, anthemic beats, those, that, just amazing, amazing music. To hear that again on something new, and I think it, I think it could be done if someone has respect for the source material. Yeah. Let's and let's just take our rose-colored glasses off. Highlander was not Highlander was not that good a movie. No, you know it really. You go back and watch it. It's a pretty, but fuck it. It just was such a. It's such a well-loved cult classic that people love the fuck out of it, and people like. The concept of it, these fucking guys, immortals, who run around with swords trying to cut each other's fucking heads off. Who could not love that? What's there not to love? With this thumping, amazing Queen soundtrack that just blew your fucking mind. Anyway, I did a little bit more digging, and from what I can understand, uh, director uh, Fresno Dillo, Juan Carlos, his next project is listed as Bioshock. Oh. So... And that's all I could. I, I sort of had oh. time to dig up. Yeah, well, that's interesting because that's a fucking kick-ass game. Mm. So who knows? But I mean, he definitely was talking recently on this Intruders press tour. So I'm I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm I'm quietly hopeful that that if they have respect for the concept, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say source material. If they have respect for the concept, they they do something good with it. And then to hear fucking Freddy scream out, "We are the princes of the universe." Yeah. Anyway, no. So, uh, so very guardedly, very cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and yeah, I've, I would like to. I would. I'd really like to see something special done with it because, and then we'll talk a little bit about later. I'm pretty impressed with something else that's coming out soon, right. based on its trailer. Excellent. I just have a, a snippet, and then mm-hmm. I'll get into the the main my, the, the main piece of news. Something I I read. I haven't been able to find out that much more about it. Mm-hmm. A new Jack Ryan movie uh, yeah. potentially coming mm-hmm. out with Chris Pine as Jack Ryan who was Captain Kirk Captain Kirk that fucking abortion Star Trek remake who was <coughs> Captain Kirk in the J.J. Abrams <laughs> remake of Star Trek and will of course be Captain Kirk in the sequel uh, but which... directed by Kenneth Branagh ah now there you go so that could be that could be quite an interesting I got a lot of respect for Kenneth's work I really enjoy I think he I think he brings something interesting to. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did a fantastic job with Thor. He did. He I get, thought Thor was was exceptionally well done. Well, how did they how do they put it? They kind of like Shakespeare meets something, and it was that was you know it really was the Asgardian stuff was mm. all very well, without being obnoxious. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, good. Yeah. I'm I'm impressed. I'd like to see something. All yeah. right. So so that was my snippet. Yes. My main thing is sequel news. Uh, okay. and, I, and I have three bits of sequel news. Okay. In lessening degrees of awesome. Lovely. Bring it on. The big one. Yeah. As noted, as as announced on Conan O'Brien, Anchorman. Oh yes. A sequel. Ron Burgundy himself <laughs> came out, played some jazz flute, yeah, and uh, announced 
a sequel to Anchorman has been agreed to. Yeah. Paperwork's been signed. The same writing team. Yeah. I got to assume that you they're going to get the same cast uh-huh. back because how how could you not? Optimistic, because Anch- I love Anchorman. Anchorman, oh, who doesn't? Anchorman, I In love fact, so much. I was. Um, it, this was. I do have a note to talk about this, but I'm I'm glad we brought it up now. I actually had a friend talk about a dear old friend. I had a friend from like the early '80s contact me on Facebook and said, um, love the podcast, can't wait to hear what you've got to say about Anchorman. And I've only got to say fucking great things. I cannot believe that mm. they're going to... Uh, it has to be done. Surely, surely they're going to be able to capture lightning in a bottle again. Yeah. Let's hope. But, again, it could be a movie that's, that is is overburdened by the weight of its own own potential. Absolutely. But... Yeah, I think I think you got to hand it to people like Will Farrell and 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 uh, Steve Carell. Um, they're the only two that stick in my head at the moment, and I'm, I apologise because I know they're listening. Mm. I apologise to the other characters, but that you've just got to hand it. These guys are are who, are who they are for a reason. Mm. I don't think they would put their name to. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. They have put their name to some shit that's gone out there, Evan Almighty. But having said that. I don't think they're not going to treat this with some no, serious. They, they could have knocked out a yep. quick cash cow sequel Absolutely. or two, yep. and it could have been abysmal. Well, did you see the wake up, wake up, Ron Burgundy? It was just like this short film that was put out afterwards. It might, might even be a feature length now that I think about it, which was basically all the outtake, not the outtakes, the uh, cut out scenes and yeah. whatnot. It was fantastic. It yeah. was really, really good. So I'm, I'm, I'm. So, so yeah. More than cautiously optimistic. Yes. I'm gonna. You heard it first. I'm putting the 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 second tur- uh, turkey slap on this one. This one's gonna be. This is gonna be great. This no. is this is roll up, roll up. Please continue. With All right. That. Sorry. Second to... second sequel news. Yeah. In something that's even longer, in the wait. <clears throat> Arnold Schwarzenegger classic Twins. Uh, yeah. See, I thought this was an April. F- I hoped this was an April Fool's joke. Is allegedly yep. getting a sequel mm-hmm. called Triplets mm-hmm. with long lost brother. Eddie- <laughs> I can't even oh, say no. it in any. With long lost brother Eddie Murphy. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is just going to be shit. Yeah, I mean, Twins was by no man's account. A classic. It's fucking awful. But oh. you know, Arnie's back into like making movies, and Danny DeVito presumably needed work. <laughs> well, yes. Though so, I, so I do like his work in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But yeah. yeah, he obviously. I mean, this is just. I don't know. Well, this is what it is. Let's let's just fucking put that on there. Uh, Arnie may need to make some cash in case he's fucking, he doesn't reconcile with Maria. Yeah, if he loses half his yeah. shit to Maria and he's got to start paying for that bloody kid that he had with the maid, yep. who knows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, But yeah, we're not really saying anything more about that. And the last bit of news <laughs> that I have, uh, which I'm just going to say the name of it and then we're going to move on, Human Centipede 3. No. Really? Really? No. Really? No. And I'm done. <laughs> Woody. <laughs> Have you heard about the the big news on about Chevy Chevy Chase and Dan Harmon with Community? I, only today I heard a little bit about it today. So for for the the people just joining us, welcome. Apparently Chevy Chase and Dan Harmon, the Dan Harmon is the executive producer and showrunner and creator, I believe, of Community. They've been at war since uh, Chase apparently stormed off the set um, during and and prevented them from filming the scene for the season finale. 
which could be uh, they might have had to reshoot it. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit sketchy on those details. Apparently then, at a rap party, Harmon encouraged the crowd to join him in saying, fuck you, Chevy, or Chevy. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, apart from the fact that it's grotesquely unprofessional, it was in front of Chevy Chase's wife and child. <laughs> so Chevy Chase responds with this drunken voicemail calling Harmon, of all things, an alcoholic fat fuck among other things, and um, in which Harmon, in turn, proceeded to play this voicemail in front of a group of around 150 people at a comedy event. So, now the audio is available online. I'm going to see, barring technical difficulties, we're going to try and get it... Get it um, up on the website? Yeah, but holy shit bags. <laughs> That's just... Anyway, Harmon's come out and apologised, said it was grotesquely unprofessional of him to do that. Um, he shouldn't have done it. Didn't exp- Though, interestingly... As I mean, as we've all heard, especially with the the Christian Bale rant, with the the um, the Russell, uh, I can't remember his name, and Lily Tomlin problem with I Heart Huckabees, mm-hmm. their, their their argument. Yes. These things get out. So for him to say afterwards, I didn't mean it for the rest of the world to hear it, is just fucking bullshit. People, it's either bullshit or ridiculously naive. Yeah, I, I I'm going with the former. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm too cynical. I cannot believe that he would think. That of all the people, because he's going to say, "Hey, look, listen to this," because and, and you can hear people in the recording online. You can hear people laughing. So someone in the crowd is recording it. It doesn't take much to hit record on your your iPhone or, no. or whatever and play it. So anyway, if I, I'll just I'll just roll on unless you've got something else. No, keep, keep going. I've got a couple more, just little short things. Well, these these couple of short things in entertainment news that will greatly please my wife. Chris Smith and Danny Minogue have broken up. Minogue has confirmed their split and as usual they're asking for privacy and most people won't give a shit about it and because it's fucking Danny Minogue and absolutely and oh please I want privacy after I sell my fucking story to New Idea fucking media whore and we're apparently two people who don't give a shit and secondly and this was just kind of blew me away and then I realised why did it blow me away Missy Higgins has revealed that she secretly quit mu- the music industry two years ago and no one fucking noticed. Like, <laughs> seriously, she's like, I've, oh, by the way, I've commit, uh, quit the music industry. So, oh, we just thought you had, I don't know, you, you yeah. produced one album. Anyway, so that's, no one gave a fuck. So, um, so, so three years of not putting out an album and then two years of being quit? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, yeah. that just sounds like an attention seek in my opinion yep. and that's why I prefaced at the beginning it's entertainment news because yep. to be honest I, I couldn't really find anything else that was spectacular alright in in fairly devastating news how are you on Bond what's your, what's your level of James Bond I like him I, I enjoy them Quantum of Solace was a confusing mess mm-hmm. well not confusing it was just a mess I actually like Daniel Craig's Bond yep. but I think it's a, I think the 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 true pull of Bond is the gadgets, it's the wizardry, it's the implausibility. And I think with Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, they went the Bourne route, which mm-hmm. they shouldn't have done. I think right. they should. I think they should have the magnetic watches and the laser, yeah. you know, sharks with freaking laser beams. <laughs> All right, but I'll ask you this question, and it should be a question that anyone that mm-hmm. can speak can answer. What does James Bond drink? Well, he drinks. Uh, well, he drinks a martini, shaken, not stirred. That's yeah. what we know. It's it's yes. a little bit more involved with that. Yeah, but not anymore. Oh no! As part of a forty-five million dollar deal, no. James Bond now drinks Heineken. No, 
No, no, no, no. Now I'm. No. I it's, am it's against. Fucking, is fucking Michael placement? Bay? Is Michael Bay involved in this? One can only assume. Oh, I'm against product placement. Yeah. I think it can be done in ways that are non-intrusive. Yeah. Ian Fleming originally used products, and this is something I've, I admit I've read this, I think, in an Empire magazine. Yeah. Ian Fleming, when he wrote James Bond, mm-hmm. used brand names to describe the kind of man that James Bond was. Yes. Like, he wears an Omega watch. Yep. He drives this kind of car. Yep. This is the suit he wears. Yep. Not for any cash, not well, for any... Were kickbacks even around what then? Kick, yeah. I don't know. But to inform the reader yep. of the kind of person that this was. Because you can tell a lot about a character with some fairly you know superficial, oh, he wears that, he drinks mm. that brand, he smokes this brand of cigarettes. Yep. It was done there to define. So James Bond has sort of a history of being associated with products. And even from Pierce Brosnan, and it was probably there before that, it's always been an issue of getting products mm-hmm. in into James Bond. Yep. Particularly cars, BMW. I can't remember the name of the movie, the fucking ice thing with Madonna in it. Die Another Day. That was all about... That was a you know a $200 million ad for BMW. Yeah. That was, the, was that the Z3 Roadster or something? Yeah. Or fucking, yeah. Turn Invisible. But she yeah. doesn't. Which fucking yeah. hello. Yeah. To a certain extent, you expect it in a mm-hmm. movie like that. You expect to see... You know, a, a stack of Red Bulls on the corner of a desk. Yeah. Or someone to walk by a McDonald's. Yeah. Well, Th- those sort of incidental things. For context. For, for context. context yeah. we, if you, if, sorry to jump in there, but if you want to set a, a modern day Manhattan or something along those lines, then you need to walk down Times Square yeah. and it needs to have the Sony bill you or whatever it was. was a, I, I yeah. probably fucked all that up because I was no. I, halfway through it, I was thinking of Piccadilly Circus. Anyway, yeah. so for context. Yeah. And, Context has been done well mm-hmm. in movies like Minority Report. Yeah, um, a lot of product placement in there. Um, iRobot, which mm. was an Audi ad. Yeah, probably, probably the, and probably the only thing there was the Converse boots was yeah. a bit a bit obnoxious. But you're yeah. right, it was a yeah. Audi advert. But when it's shoved down your down your throat like that, yeah. Like my biggest problem with 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 Woody's favorite movie, Star Trek, was the fucking Nokia yep. product placement in the beginning scene. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's or just, don't. It's know. just offensive. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be there. So like back, most of that movie. Like most of the movie. Oh, that green chick was hot. Though. Oh, look. You know, yeah. Kirk's got to fuck a green bitch. That's fine. There's, there's a time and a place for it. I yep. understand that it is a, a necessary evil yep. with movies costing upwards of $200 million. You've got to take cash where you can get it. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay, I think probably makes a profit before the movie even goes to print. Well, Uh, well, Transformers were three ads for GM. Yeah. That's, if not forgivable, it's understandable. Something that iconic as James Bond's drink, I I think they've gone too far. Yeah, they have. They absolutely have. Um, That's, now it was interesting because there was, I recall in GoldenEye, when Pierce, which was Pierce Brosnan's first turnout and we had Dame Judi Dench as M. And they're sitting in the office when he talks to M and he says, your predecessor kept a, and I think he was talking about a, a scotch or something. And she says, I prefer bourbon. And they poured a bourbon. She didn't list a brand name or anything. They sat there and poured a bourbon in the, in the office. 
And I can distinctly remember an uproar over the fact that James Bond never drinks bourbon and all that sort of bullshit. And that sort of just died in its ass because there was context. She was saying, I don't give a fuck who you were before. I'm the big cheese now. The, the concept of the, the, the martini shaken, not stirred, which if you watch Casino Royale, it's, it leaves me at the moment. It's cured it's, a lily and all that sort of yeah, business. Yeah, he, he describes yeah. the... And, and, that is, and Ian Fleming describes that drink in, in its totality. The, the, the shaken, not stirred, dirty martini, which is you know hmm. just a shit way to have it anyway, is, for, according to purists, was more of a, an invention of the movies. So watch Casino Royale, you'll get the, the true recipe. That, but it's so iconic. It's as iconic as Bond, James Bond. It's as iconic as he will sleep with the, the femme fatale before he ends up having to kill her or she mm-hmm. will be killed. I'll, what will you have? Martini, shaken, not stirred. Yeah. That's fucked. I think you sent me the um, text to go and watch the Red Band trailer of Ted. Yes. The Seth MacFarlane um, joint. Yes. I... Fucking pissed my pants laughing. I hope it's as funny all the way through. Yeah, we'll we'll put it up on the website. Yep. We'll put the link to the YouTube YouTube link. www.acoupleofpricks.com Absolutely. Just crazy, <laughs> crazy funny. Crass fucking, you know, it's a combination of Peter Griffin and Brian's voice, yeah. which is pretty much Seth MacFarlane's voice yeah. anyway. I mean, you'd go and see it just because Mila Kunis is in it. Oh. I mean, let's be honest, we go and watch her take a shit. Absolutely. Um, Some of us would pay extra for that. (laughs) Preferably on my chest. (laughs) But that movie looks looks like great fun. Even even despite or in spite of having Marky Mark in Mm. the lead role. Yeah. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. All right. While we're on trailers. Yes, let's. the, uh, The big trailer. That's uh, that's come out. Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids too. Bridesmaids um, too. Yep. Total Recall. Yes. Now, I was initially a bit resistant mm-hmm. to this. I'll I'll be completely honest and upfront. Yep. I was resistant to this. I didn't think this movie needed a remake. Is that because you thought the Paul Verhoeven Arnie movie was so good? No, it's because I thought it was a remake of a shit movie. Ah, okay, that's great. And, and this is this is where I've having watched the trailer, having gotten a better sense of it. Yep. I've been turned around. I didn't think that it needed a teaser trailer for the trailer. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I think oh. some movies maybe can, yeah, yeah. but you've got to be a triple A, you've got to be a Dark Knight, you've, you've got, got to be, be a Prometheus. Prometheus to have a little snippet and say, oh, the teaser's coming. This movie didn't warrant no. it. It's just trying to generate hype, and oh. I can understand why they did. And and I'm not thinking for a second you are questioning why they did it, but no, it did not need. It to did be not done. need it. But having said that, yeah. having watched the trailer again, we'll put it up on the website. I'm excited about this I'm film. Fucking beside myself, excited. I, my understanding is that it's less a remake of the Arnie movie, mm. and a retelling of the original Philip Dick. Story. Obviously, now I've heard contradictory to that. I've heard that there's less. It's actually got less to do with the Philip Dick story, and probably more to do with. I've heard, I've actually heard the direct opposite to that. Okay. So that's going to be interesting. And I certainly by looking at the trailer, I think that it's a it's more a more akin to Arnie's story because mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're overly familiar with the Philip K. Dick story. Um, we can remember it for you wholesale. Yeah. But they. It, 
he he kind of he goes to recall because he wants to have like a fantasy uh, thing and, and finds out that his memory has been wiped so there are elements to it and all that sort of business <clears throat> in my and again I've just what I've read it's got more this this remake is is really just a remake so I'm and now that but without heard, going to Mars yeah which and I'm pretty sure for, oh, now see maybe I'm having problems with Total Recall because I don't think I think Philip K. Dick's story he did go to Mars I think I've read I have read the story but a long long time ago I can't remember it I have read something that said that Philip K. Dick's story did go to Mars yep look anyway the trailer looks fucking the trailer looks amazing first my first impressions is it's got a fucking amazing budget and Recall looks dirty and dingy it doesn't look like that big look Paul Verhoeven did a good job. Total Recall was pretty cool to watch initially, mm. but then it was riding high on the Arnie success story that everyone wanted to go and see a movie with. The next Arnie movie, one. yep. And it's got the midget in it, midget hooker, and it's got the chick with three tits. Oh, if there's, I will demand my money back. Yeah, if there is in a chick with three tits. Uh, Len Wiseman. Admittedly, I do that with every movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> to varying degrees of success. <laughs> Look, Len Wiseman's directing this one. I like Len's work. Underworld is a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. The rest of them are just shit. Mm-hmm. And, but I I feel somehow obligated to watch them. And I know I shouldn't. But anyway, I don't mind Underworld. It's a bit of a guilty... It's, it's, it's a bad role-playing game mm. movie. It's just one of those things that's like, oh, fucking, I've seen this before. Yeah, this oh, before. Really? Vampires and werewolves. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and they don't like each other. Who'd have, who'd have thunk it? I know. But uh, look, and... and but. And Kate Beckinsale, well, let's just face it, Len Wiseman will put her on screen to just remind everybody that he's tapping Kate Beckinsale. But um, that wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm surprised he even lets her out of the house. But he's a good-looking man himself. Like, he's he's not punching above his weight. And I say that from, again... A, a position of weight? A position... <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, yeah, he's just... Yeah, fuck. Anyway, don't, I don't know why I'm suddenly getting a... Having a bit of a homoerotic sensation. Colin Farrell, speaking of homoerotic, yes. I've been a fan of Colin Farrell for fucking ages. I think he, the only time I've ever looked, uh, well, I love watching Miami Vice just yes. to watch the scenes to gauge how high on coke he was from, <laughs> from the various scenes. You look at his glazed eyeballs and his pudgy face. Look, I'm, I'm excited. I like Colin Farrell, as I said. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I'm looking forward to this. And the, there was a bit of Bourne esque. To it with the in the trailer with the, that SWAT team come running in and then and then suddenly goes, oh yeah, I can suddenly I can kick the living bejesus out of people. Yeah, I hope it's a bit over the top without being, and this is going to sound so contradictory because it is. I hope it's over the top without being over the top. I don't want it in your face over the top. I just want it to be. They've got flying fucking cars in it for Christ's sake. Yeah. Jessica Biel. I'm excited. I'm really fucking excited. Yeah. Is, is, is it coming out this year? I think it's coming out summer. Summer, summer. It's a summer blockbuster. Yep. So soon. So potentially a Boxing Day special? Well, no, I think US summer. I think oh, it's US summer. Out, yeah, so okay. I think it is coming out shortly. So very soon. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, which means Prometheus, Dark Knight Rises, Total Recall, The Avengers, all coming out it's, within a few months. It is one, one of the other. biggest years for blockbusters yeah. in a long, long time. It's, I, can't, I can't wait. I yeah. can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. I simply cannot wait. You cannot wait. <laughs>
Right, so movie review. We've only got one review this week, but it is a big one. The Hunger Games. Yes. The first bona fide blockbuster of the year mm. in terms of just the numbers that it's done. 150 million third, opening weekend. Third best opening weekend behind Dark Knight Rises and... Tit- um, Avatar? I don't know. I really don't know. It, but, but it was not, huge. Yeah, it's a massive movie. It's, it's a massive movie. Yep. So Hunger Games is the story of Katniss, who is a girl from District 12. Now, the world, which is um, which could very well be a future America, it's called Pan Am, is broken into 12 districts and the capital. The capital has very over-the-top, opulent wealth. The 12 districts have varying degrees of poverty all the way down to District 12, which is the poorest. Each year, as a punishment for a rebellion or an uprising that occurred 80-some years ago, each district has to give up two tributes, a boy and a girl aged between 12 and 18, to compete in the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games are a Thunderdome, where everyone is in, the, the, the 24 kids are in. They have to use weapons that are provided. They have to use their own skills. They have to fight. They have to connive to survive until one of them, until only one of them remains. And they're the winner and they have wealth and goodness showered upon them. Katniss is the female entrant from District 12. Um, you see her... In the beginning, and they show this in the trailer, so it's not not really a spoiler. Her sister, who's twelve years old, and it's her first time in the games, well, in the in the lottery for the games, is called out, and Katniss volunteers to go in her sister's stead. Mm-hmm. There's also another, the the male entrant, uh, Peter, is also introduced at this time. That's sort of the the majority of the plot. It's it does go into a little bit more detail. There's things that I think could have been fleshed out more, but I'll go into that sort of a, a bit deeper. But the crux of it, the 24 kids get put into the into the arena, and it's a, a battle royale. Mm. <laughs> I hadn't read the book. Um, this is not. I'm not the uh, the target demo no. of of this. But as far as young adult fiction goes, I'm led to believe it's much better than a lot of things out there. I thought there was a lot to like in this movie. I thought visually it was quite arresting. I thought the use of colours was very good. The the drab monotones of the districts, particularly District 12, where, where you see most of the pre-games action... I thought that was a very nice contrast to the vibrancy and colour of the capital. I thought some of the, the early imagery when they're going into the reaping, which is the effectively the lottery mm. to choose the <coughs> to choose the tributes, I thought that was very to be honest, I, my thought was Nazis being yeah. marched into a yeah. concentration I, camp. I I think that was a, a fairly non subtle Yeah, I think yeah. that was fairly that's that's the imagery I wanted to provoke. Yeah. So and I think they did that. I think they did that well. I thought that Jennifer Lawrence carried the film. Yeah. Um, I thought the film was, from the very start, firmly 
on her shoulders. I think she did a very, very good job. I mean, she's already a, an Academy Award nominee mm-hmm. for Winter's Bone, yep. which I'm yet to see, but I'm assured is is quite quite spectacular um, and that she was exceptional in it. She's going to be a superstar. Yeah. There's no, yeah. there's no question that she's... I think she's got the chops to it. I don't think she really got the opportunity to show them off here. It wasn't, it's not Shakespeare, is it? No, it, it's not. You know. Yeah, she did a very good job with what was with yep. what was available, but I thought it it wasn't challenging for her mm. acting wise. Probably physically, it was a lot different than than what she'd than what she'd done. But she wasn't taxed any more in this than she would have been in X Men First Class. Yep. I'll try and keep this as non spoilery yep. as I can, despite my. Fuck spoilers, I think. Oh, it's, besides fuck spoilers, yeah, I think I think we possibly should be a little bit more careful. Yeah, particularly with something like this, which is sort yeah. of the big big thing. When we do our review of Titanic, by the way, the ship sinks. Fuck. Oh, does it what? I thought she forgave Peter too quickly. Yeah. When it was suddenly, oh, you know, you can get out. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're my best friend again. I thought that could have been resolved mm. differently. I would have liked to have seen more, more build up and more development of the relationship between her and Rue, yeah. the little girl from from District Eleven, uh, to make that to make that scene mm. more powerful. There wasn't, to me, enough of a, an investment in that relationship. I don't. Yeah. I didn't feel like there should have been that level of. Thing. The, the, However, obviously, it's a very stressful situation. Yeah. You don't. You don't know. But I think even in the academy, there could have been a little bit more to to correlate her to her sister. Yeah, which is, I mean, the the, the symbolism and, and to use the, the Boondock Saints, the symbolism of it is is is, is obviously her sister. But I, I completely agree. I, uh, it was sad, but it was no sad, no more sad than I think anyone else. No, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more about the District One and Two kids. Who were you know, were had other training and were meant yep. to be, you know, killers and were meant to be super soldiers. They were the blonde haired, blue eyed ones, yeah. were they? I would yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of them. Yeah. A bit more of their arrogance. A bit more um, us and them. Yeah. In the academy, I mean, the movie was two and a half hours long mm. as it was, and I don't think there was a lot of fat in it. No. I don't think there was a whole lot that they could have done without. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. But I think there was things that they could have they could have added. What I really would have liked is to see some more of the the stuff with the sponsorship. Yeah, Th- they mentioned a couple of times that you know you can get sponsor drops, and if the sponsors, the people who are watching this, because this is all televised, if they like you, they'll drop you things like potentially weapons or supplies or food. It's only very, very briefly touched on mm. within the movie. Um, and that, to be honest, part of the reason for wanting that was to be was to see more Woody, Woody Harrelson. Okay, I thought Woody was was quite fun. Yeah. Um, again, he's not really taxing himself. No. Um, he he does have the capability of doing really good work. <clears throat> this wasn't it. Um, but yeah, but yeah. I, I thought some more of if, the if, sponsorship. If you want to see stuff. Woody Harrelson stretch his legs, check out a movie called The Messenger. Yes. Yeah. That's that's where you want to see him really, yeah. really stride. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of the other districts watching the broadcasts. Yeah, 
there was there's one scene where one of the districts goes into a tiny little bit of a riot. Mm. But that's all that you ever saw of that. I would have liked to have seen some of Katniss and her um, Katniss's mother and her sister watching the broadcast. What's going on in the district of the people that we're supposed to care about? Yeah. Some good things. It's good to see Wes Bentley again. Mm-hmm. I can't really recall seeing him since American Beauty. Not in anything of substance. Yeah. And that beard. <laughs> that that beard was a boss beard. That was interesting, that beard. Lenny Kravitz, mm. I thought was was impressive. Again, not much for him to work with, but he showed a a good charisma and a good a good presence. He was not unwatchable yeah, on it, stage. It, it, and I it thought, wasn't it wasn't Oh, there's Lenny Kravitz. It was more. It was. I think. I. I mean. I knew he was in it. Mm. it. It. I think a testament to his performance was that it took me probably about five minutes of him being on screen to go. Oh fuck, that's Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. And I think that was the that was the point that I. Yeah. I, I would like to make on that one. So I think it was pretty good. Yes. I did like Stanley Tucci. Oh. You cannot not like Stanley Tucci. Look, Stanley Tucci. I. Oh, that's. He was my standout. I just loved his character. Mm. I loved his performance. It was so over the top, but it wasn't hammy. Yeah. It was it that character was just it was Guy Smiley. You know, Guy Smiley from Sesame Street. Yeah. That's who he was, you know, but it was yeah, Stanley Tucci. I love him in everything. Yeah. I just fucking think he's a great actor. He Good was, character actor. Yeah, he was fantastic. I've read and I've heard some criticism about this, um, about the movie saying that Jennifer Lawrence wasn't thin enough. She wasn't hungry. She's meant to be from a starving district. You know, I can kind of get it, but if that's what you're picking on the movie on... Well, this is the thing. What And and, uh, let's not dwell on it, but for fuck's sake, seriously, is that what you're going to... Yeah. You know, I mean, okay, maybe the... the, Because here's the problem. If she had done... If she had... Black swaned herself, as mm. as it has become known in the industry. Yeah, certainly since I've just coined it. Um, Christian Bailey. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at Christian Bale, the, Mila Kunis. We mentioned her earlier in the show. Um, she she has said, come out and said, her body is not right since what she did to it mm. in Black Swan. Is that what they want? Like, for fuck's sake! Because if she had done that. Then people would have gone. You're not projecting a an image. A positive a, image. Yeah. Yeah. This is a strong. This is a. She's 21, so we can say fucking hot. Oh, she she's a young, proper looking woman. Young, well put together young woman who mm. should be proud of her body. Should be. I if, I I hadn't heard that criticism, but I object strongly to yeah. that. I think that is just disgraceful. If you yeah. can't suspend belief and go. You know, I mean, okay. If I had come strolling out of district, yeah, yeah. 13, if, they, if if they if they'd cast Magda Sabansky, yeah, then we've got an issue. But yeah. there wasn't. She's not an overweight girl. She's just a proper healthy, yep, healthy girl. Yeah, and I think it's just petty, yeah. and I think it doesn't. Yeah. Now, a lot of people have compared this to Battle Royale, and you'll probably talk about that. I think a little bit, more. Yeah. To my great shame, I haven't actually seen Battle Royale, but I get the the premise. The things that struck me, the similarities that struck me when I was watching it, were two Stephen King stories. Running Man, obviously, because of the televised TV aspect of it, and even the Arnie movie, to a certain extent, which was exceedingly loosely based on the book, or the novella. But there's also another lesser-known Stephen King story... 
A story that he wrote called The Long Walk. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, I heard this. I haven't... I know now, this is a story. I, I read this a long time ago. I believe I have the book somewhere and I've got to find it again. Because you're quite he, a Stephen King fan, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. old school Stephen King. I haven't yeah. got into much of his newer stuff, mm-hmm. but... I'm and quite I a fan of his I work. don't say that as a bad thing. No. I think Stephen King, uh, I mean, he is what he is because of who he is. I yeah, think he, he is a stuff. popular, mm. populist author. Despite Family Guy's rendition. Yeah. <laughs> the Long Walk. A hundred teenage boys are selected to go into this, to enter this competition. They have to walk at no slower than four miles an hour. If they drop below that, they've got 30 seconds to bring it back up. So if they need to take a shit or something, they have to do it in 30 seconds. And they get a warning. Well, that's me done. <laughs> so if they're slower than... If they drop below or they do anything else, yeah. they get a warning. Three warnings, they get shot. Oh, wow. Okay. And this keeps going until only one walker remains. Wow. It's a really interesting... Story. It's a um, really good story. I, I honestly think you'd. In, I, well, I don't like people that say, "Oh, you should read this. You yeah. love it." This, I think, is a very interesting. No, it's only well, a short story. You know, yeah. you'd knock it over in an afternoon. Yeah. But it's really quite, quite good. It's. It made me think of that yeah. for, for exactly those reasons. That's. Uh, yeah, and and I, I don't believe I'm alone. I think I've seen a couple of things online that have set, have given similar. Um, similarities to it. Well, that's what's put it in my mind. Is mm-hmm. I've seen it online and they've talked about the long walk because I, as as you said, I'll talk a bit about Battle Royale yeah. and the similarities there. But yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's that's me. Three stars. Yeah. For me, I thought it was a solid, if not exceptional, film. It's not going to convert me to reading young adult fiction, mm. but I think for kids that want to read, I think they could do a hell of a lot worse. Absolutely. Look, I. <clears throat> I didn't hate this movie at all and I want to and I guess the reason I was deliberate in saying I didn't hate this movie is because I didn't overly enjoy this movie. I it, it's to me it's a little bit like Twilight. To me it's it's a bit like that. I it, it having seen the movie I I guess I'm a little ambivalent as to whether because I can't actually say to you I probably could go through life without having seen it. If we weren't going, I'll put it to you this way: if we weren't going to review this movie, I wouldn't have bothered with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't overly interested in it. I did jump on the oh my fucking god, they've just remade Battle Royale and and all that sort of stuff. Battle Royale is not that great a movie in so far as rush it, run, don't walk to go and see it. Battle Royale is fucking over the top violent. We've got teenagers killing teenagers. It's it's violence done. It it okay. It's teenagers killing teenagers in in the most gruesome way possible done by Japanese directors. So there it is there. That's the, the movie sells itself to those people who are interested in that. And it certainly raises some fairly interesting social issues, which you know, watch look, watch Battle Royale. Take it, you know, get try and get yourself a good copy. There's a, there's a couple floating out there. Try and get yourself a good um, uncut version. You're gonna have to read subtitles, suck it up. The the, the Hunger Games, I, I had to go away um, after reading after doing it and did a little bit of research on it. Like uh, I don't feel that, and, and I could have missed it. I accept that I do miss things, the, the occasional thing, especially if I'm not overly invested in a movie, is that um, I do, they didn't explain why it's called The Hunger Games. I found out later that it's called The Hunger Games because the winner 
gets grain to their district, or or, or food gets sent, food stuffs get sent okay, to their district. Yeah. Hence the Hunger Games more than more than normal. And interestingly, what I didn't realize, or rather, what I didn't think was going to happen, is that they go back to their district after it's all said and done. You thought they'd live in the capital. I did. I thought that was it. It and it reminds me of a a, a fairly B grade, possibly even um, C plus grade movie, Salute of the Jugger or Blood of Heroes, where you f- you do this this contest in Salute of the Jugger, you do this contest on the outer areas, and then you go to the city and you fight in the league, and and then if you're good enough, you get selected by the league, and and that's it, that's your ticket. It's the, the you know NFL of the the future. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought, and that that's certainly the Woody Harrelson characters gave me the impression that that's obviously what the reward truly is, mm. not the fact that you can get shuffled back into the rotation. Yeah, I'm told, obviously there's two more books yeah. in the series. The president obviously wasn't happy yeah. at the end, so I'm, I'm, I am I'm assume that somehow she gets put back into it as, as punishment for mm. you know messing with the system. But Look, I... I now I didn't hate this movie. I didn't overly like it. However, having said that, I'm I'm somehow suitably invested enough that I will watch the next two movies. But I, like you, will not read the books. I'm not interested in those books. I think the hardest thing with adapting a book, and I'm hoping the book does have some more exposition to it, and it does help you care about the characters more. You didn't have the time, despite the two and a half hour length. You didn't have the time to invest in the characters. I, d- I don't feel I didn't mm-hmm. care enough about them. It was and the the ham fisted um, relationship between I'm am I going to get the right brother Liam Hensworth the Gale character yeah obviously there's a connection there she's played up this connection with the the Peter character again drifting slightly drifting to spoil the territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it had to be done with the, the music and the, the longing glances because they didn't have time to develop the characters. Yeah. I would have, I reckon this could possibly have worked as a Game of Thrones style 10 shot, 12 shot series. Yep. Uh, where play, could, play the long game. Yeah, where we could really have given a fuck about these people. Now, obviously, the money's not there in a TV show as it does. And this it was made on a budget of $78 million. Which is not much for no, a... not really, and because, and I just looked that up, because you were saying about the director being giving a tentpole movie, and and you're right, it's it's potential. I mean, it's made three hundred and sixty odd million since then. It's it's going gangbusters. Mm. I will go and see the other two movies. I won't read the books. I'm not mm. interested in them. I like this movie. I'm going to give it two and a half stars because I don't want to peak too early with that and I, I could come back later and go well actually I'm going to bump that up mm-hmm. I reserve the right to do that suck me off so yeah, two and <laughs> yeah it's a couple of pricks so I'm going to give it two and a half stars I'm, I bet with the, the, the caveat that I would may revisit that in the broader spectrum mm-hmm. but I, I think that um, wasn't the worst movie I've seen it just needed actually I, I will say this I think because it suffered under its own genre, it's a young adult movie mm-hmm. or young adult book. The dark mm-hmm. themes that should have been explored in the movie, that should have been explored possibly in the book, could not have been. I'm, I'm told there was a conversation that I had. The book was a lot darker. Yeah. Go into a, a bit of that stuff. Yeah. A bit I, more. I think they had to tone it down as a PG, mm-hmm. PG thirteen. Is it? Or uh, is M. It, it's an M. 
I think it I think it needed to be lightly fluffy. Yeah, in the movies, but it, it had such potential. But it still is. I mean, you're never going to get away from the fact that it's ke- teenagers K- killing, killing teenagers. Yeah. And the the, so. the you, you yeah the ominousness of the cannons going off mm. in the yeah. I, look, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, let's go two and a half stars. I'm happy. All right. One thing that I realized actually today, yeah. just before I before I came over to the uh, to Nakatomi Ballroom, there was a huge opportunity missed. Yeah. Hungry Jacks, <laughs> Hunger Games. <laughs> I mean, this shit writes itself, right? Uh, May the odds be ever in your flavour. <laughs> oh no! Oh, Don Draper can eat my balls. <laughs> that is just fucking gold. How how we aren't fucking moguls in Hollywood, I don't know. Hungry I, I did think the game tie in of Hungry Hungry Hippo Games was yes. the way to go. But. That would have been that would have been very that would have been good. <laughs> Opportunities missed. Yeah. If James Bond can drink a fucking Heineken, <laughs> then they can drop her a fucking whopper with cheese, right? Yeah. Stepping outside of our our main thrust, if you will, our bread and butter, our bread and butter. Um, <laughs> he said thrust. He said thrust. TV news. Yep. Um, the last week or so has been very big mm-hmm. for big budget, long awaited TV show returns. The two shows that we're talking about, Game of Thrones and Mad Men, both made their return in the past week. Woody. Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Well, Game of Thrones is the move is the the TV show that I love. And wow, holy fucking shit! I'm not gonna lie. I've watched it th- four times now. Um, I watched it again today. The season two opener okay, must be must be enough to be a stay at home dad. <laughs> the North remembers. Does not disappoint. Fantastic opener for the the new season. All, um, and obviously the whole gang returns except Sean, Sean Bean <laughs> who's uh, you know now I, I guess probably what I, I would what I really the main thrust of my feeling on this is that after watching the first series I then read the books mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't stop at book one I had originally thought I'll read the Game of Thrones book but I, yes the Game of Thrones book and then wait for the next series it's only a year it was only six, seven, eight months whatever it is mm-hmm. I can wait. I couldn't. I absolutely couldn't. As soon as I finished Game of Thrones, I went straight into the next book, which I believe is called The Clash of Kings. And then I couldn't help myself straight into the, the, these books. That's what they're like. Book four, A Feast for Crows, has a tendency to, to drag a little bit. It's a bit silver thorny. A very silver thorny. Oh, exceptionally silver thorny. But then book five comes in A Dance with Dragons and, and brings it back. The reason I mention that is because as... As I said to you, Nate, read the books, and you're you're quite steadfast in refusing to read the books because you want the the show to entertain you and, and tell you the story, and and I can accept that and I can understand that. So what I would like to put is there are there are significant departures 
from the book or there's rearranged scenes from the book that have made people who have read the books are going to get something new out of watching the show and people who are watching the show who will go to the books you'll go oh oh i spent a lot of the time my first watching going ah oh, homer simpson style drooling and then i went back specifically looking for the differences and the changes and there's enough there that makes you think this it's you could i don't feel that you are going to spoil and i'm, I'm you've made your decision i'm not going to try and talk you into it i'm not going to try and talk anyone into it I have based on the first episode. I am not. I don't feel ripped, uh, ripped off having read the books. Okay. Look, they they all come back. We've got fucking Daenerys, who is my least favorite character. Have, we've got we've got Bran sitting up in in Winterfell. We've got the repercussions. Basically, we've got the repercussions of season mm. season one, um, which was told in a fairly tight review package, which I thought was good. Yes. It was enough to make you go. The only real character and Arya, like for example, the Arya character opens book two. Yeah. So, and as those of you who have read the books will know that each chapter is named after a point of view character. The books are all written from a point of view, they're not standard narrative. And Arya is a point of view character, and the book opens with her story. Well, we see her for like less than three seconds yeah, in the whole right, show. Yeah. There is an event, there is a, a scene. Towards the end, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. That was quite possibly some of the most disturbing imagery that I've seen on television, which just serves to. And I think it takes place of the sex. Yes. That and that's what HBO have have always been. They, they they're taking chances with stuff. The sex was rife through the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fucking. You think first movie? Excuse me. If you think the first season had lots of tits and cocks and fucking and all that, read the books. It's fucking softcore. It's hardcore porn on a page. It's ridiculous the amount of sex and carrying okay, on. So, so now maybe I'm sold. <laughs> it's just... Uh, read it with half a bar. It's just... Look, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. This yeah. series has captured the... I mean, it... it 3.4 million viewers broke records. Yeah. That's massive. So for, for subscription cable. Yes. You have to yeah. th- this is not like a basic cable package no. where I don't think anyone in America doesn't have some form of cable. Correct. TV. Yeah. And if you have basic cable, then you have basic cable yep. packages. This is a channel that you have to go out of your way to get. And people have done it in droves. Yep. Yeah, look, this is this is a great series. I am I am cautiously optimistic because where I think by the time you get to book five, book one is almost unrecognizable with its with its themes and its tones, and especially it's it's and I'm not giving anything away, but especially with the way it addresses the the supernatural is not really touched on in the first book it's hinted at yes. and in the first series it's hinted well, at well it, it's bookended yeah. by it really and that's pretty much it well the supernatural obviously now Daenerys has dragons yes so that's now suddenly we've gone from gritty fantasy to fantasy with fucking dragons in it yeah. we've got the presence the the ominous presence of the white walkers the books do drift into the, the the higher realm of fantasy but they do it so very well that it's it's watchable mm-hmm. it's it's readable and it's going oh yeah probably the most telling thing is that i know a person who is not this genre is not her cup of tea at all 
and based on the, the TV show has picked up the books and is, mm. is halfway through book three I think and yeah. is loving every minute of it so do yourself a favour as Molly would say yes. something that, that you touched on were my reasons for not reading the books mm. I'm, a, I'm a fantasy reader um, it's probably my go to genre I don't read as much as I should when I do it's mostly that Somehow, Game of um, Game of Thrones, A Song of Fire and Ice, Ice and Fire, Ice and Fire, A yeah. Song of Ice and Fire has never really been on my radar. Mm-hmm. Started watching this show, got hooked by it. End of season one when Ned dies. Yeah. If I'd read the book, I wouldn't have been that. That wouldn't have had as much impact. Sure. I don't believe. Yep. I'm a, a lot like Woody. I I know that if I start reading it, I won't be able to stop reading it. Yep. And I don't want to rob myself, potentially, of another moment like that. The show is so well made. The show is so captivating. Mm. I want to be captivated by it. I don't want there to be something in the back of my head saying, oh, I wonder if they're going to do this. Or sure. why uh, uh, that character, really, they're only going to get killed. I don't want another what-the-fuck moment. Yep. I, I don't want it spoiled. Yep. And, that's, and look, and there, there are events that no matter what they do in the show, you're going to know they're coming if you've read the books. I, I, but I just don't feel diminished by it. And that's not, that's, that neither of us are right, neither of us are wrong. But I, I just guess what I really... And I think I made my point. I think that if you've read the books, you're still going to get something out of this TV show. I just don't believe for a second that anyone would go, the books are better. Mm-hmm. The books are always better because they can spend pages and pages and pages talking about Cersei's tits. Whereas you've got third, three seconds on screen to whack it, drop it down in a low mm. cut bodice. Yeah. The, there's there's one scene actually just in season two, the open of the North remembers. There's an there's an interaction between the little cunt, King Joffrey, and fuck Joffrey. Fuck, how great is that kid? Oh, he, I mean, he from is... sticking his head out a window and Batman begins going, "It is you, isn't it?" To this fucking show. He is, oh, he's great. I love him because I, I just fucking want him to trip over and fall down some stairs and die. Mm. And his mother, the queen, yeah. well, regent or whatever you would call her, the queen mother, there's that scene in the throne room, not giving it away, that really scre- that that just screams 10 chapters in the book to Cersei's character. So they're, they're just doing such a great job with, with adapting it. Yeah. As I understand it, George R. R. Martin is... is quite is, is heavily consulted he's got an executive producer credit but having seen some of the first that means they get a statue when it wins a when first, it wins yeah. first um, having seen the first season uh, some of the extras they are they, they do talk to George a lot about his source material and and I guess finally Peter Dinklage fucking uh, if it, I've got to be honest if it wasn't for him I, there, there's there are some parts of it. I found in the books, especially in the first and second book, I just was longing for his chapters because yeah. he's a POV character. It's pretty easy to pick that up. But um, and So I will be careful as I continue to talk that I don't talk in long terms and I won't say things like, oh, wait till you see what happens next. I'll simply say that um, as far as I'm concerned, Daenerys is... She, they could just cut all her scenes out 
I'm just not interested in her whatsoever. It's, and if the show could just be the Tyrion Lannister show, if they renamed it Tyrion Lannister walks down the street and hangs shit on people, I would still fucking watch that show. A game of midgets. A game of midgets. Midget, please. Oh, uh, so Mad Men. Yeah, Mad Men has come back after a 17 month hiatus between seasons. Was there any reason for that? Allegedly some contract disputes between Matt Weiner, the creator of the show. I actually think it's Matt Weiner. I think he was on on, uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, and I'm pretty sure it's Matt Weiner. Anyway, please. Um, Between the creator, the the showrunner, and the network, Uh which is AMC. Budget came into it, I'm told. Either he wanted too much money, they wanted more product placement. For whatever reason, there was tension, so there was a long break between seasons. The show came back a week, a little over a week ago with a double episode. We're firmly in the 60s now. Don Draper is as Don Drapery as ever, married to the annoying French bitch. But it hasn't missed a beat. It hasn't dropped off in terms of quality by being away for so long. It's gotten right back into the swing of it. Mm. The 60s are... The 60s are swinging, and it's a, a great time to be alive. The attention to detail, the art detail, the art direction in this show is second to none. The quality of the performances are astounding. But yeah, Mad Men is back in a big way, and it's looking to be a, uh, a really good season. Look, I, I want, I, and I, I actually have, I, I, when you were talking about it, I made a little promise to myself that I will go back. I, I lasted season one mm-hmm. in the first five episodes of season two and then I just sort of lost interest. It just became... And it started to become a chore. Oh, I better watch Mad Men, I better watch Mad Men, I better watch Mad Men. So, uh, but I will go back and give it a bash. Mm-hmm. Season four, It's not. I'm not that far behind. No. So we'll get into it. Needing. Waiting. For you... So, brand new segment. Brand new segment. And, and this is actually a segment <clears throat> that we talked about mm. when we were in the very, in the pre-alpha stage. Well, this, the four-play stages. The four-play stages. The four-play stages, yeah. So, I didn't pay that much attention to it. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, this shit just writes itself. This is uh, Justify My Love. All right. So, Justify My Love. So, yeah, so the, the premise of this uh, of this bit, we each, and we haven't seen each other's answers. We don't know what we're going to talk about, but we've taken a movie that's one of our secret shames, a movie that we love that is shit, <laughs> and we're justifying our love to it. We're not necessarily trying to sell it. It's more of a fuck you. I like this movie. Suck a dick. Yeah. All right. Over to me. Over to over to right. Well, I'm going to say four things. Being bearing in mind, re- listeners, uh, we have not revealed our justifiers. I'm going to say four things to you, and I want to wait and see whether you pick up on this. The first thing: boot gun. Boot gun. Second thing: Jack Palance. 
third, my new wife, Slinky. The fourth, which should give it away, Rambo is a pussy. Ah, fuck. I know it. You know it? it it's there in the back, but... Allow me, allow me to bring it to the front. I'm talking, of course, about Tango and Cash. Oh! That amazing, awesome oh! 80s actioner, which I just fucking love. <laughs> From the opening credits to fucking... Oh, I love it. If you need more... Let, allow me to give you more. Terry Hatcher as an exotic dancer, possibly the only time in her career she's ever been smoking hot. Granted, she is a shit dancer. She's a terrible stripper and she can't drum for shit, but... But she has oh, great boots. She's a fine cut of a woman in that show. <laughs> uh, if you need any more convincing, Kurt Russell's hair. Need any more convincing, Kurt Russell and drag. <laughs> and finally, just Kurt Russell... <laughs> Fucking love Kurt Russell. Respect to Kurt Russell. I I just love this. This is a fucking buddy cop movie. This is the, I mean, we've got Tango, we've got Cash, we've got fucking St- Stallone as the uptight banker as Tango. We've got Cash, the wild card, who should probably be called Tango, and and the other one should be called Cash. And it's a fucking irony. It taught us the word or the phrase or the acronym FUBAR, which. <laughs> No, it's fucked up beyond all recognition. This is fantastic. We've got Jack Palance chewing scenery like only Jack Palance can with the best dialogue. I I can't do a Jack Palance. I wish I could. Ray Tango, how he loves to dance. He waltzes in and takes all of my drugs and Tango's back out again. (laughs) Fucking what a great movie. We've got Stallone who's actually legible in this movie albeit so fucking wooden. We've got Robert Zadar's chin. Look it up. <laughs> Robert Z apostrophe D-A-R. Robert Zadar. We've got Brian James, an American, doing the fucking worst Cockney accent ever, and you just fucking love it. We've got an over-the-top prison scale. I love this fucking movie. We've got an RV from hell. We have the stupendous witty banter of Stallone's and Stallone's dead-awful delivery I give you cash. Looks like it's the welcoming committee. Tango. Either that or a surprise party. It's fucking awful. And the completely implausible ending with Jack Palance and the Hall of Mirrors. This movie has it all. I love it. Fuck you all. I fucking love Tango and Cash. It holds up. All right. We talked about having a rebuttal. (laughs) I can't rebut this. It's actually been a long time since I've seen it. Oh. The only thing that really sticks in my mind, and I really hope I'm talking about the right movie... Could be embarrassing. It could be. And we're could, not cutting it out. It could be really embarrassing. I could, in fact, be talking about Turner and Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I believe it's the opening scene with a petrol tanker. Yep. Stallone yep. pulls out the gun, shoots at the petrol tanker, yep. cocaine pours out. Yeah, which he copied, he copied that opening scene off Police Story with Jackie Chan. It's yep. fantastic, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's... That's the Rambo's a pussy. He thinks he's Rambo. Rambo's a pussy. Yeah, I've got to give respect to the choice. (laughs) fucking love Tango Um, Cash. I'm looking down at my choice, (laughs) knowing that the same amount of respect is not going to be given. It's it's entirely possible that that you haven't even seen or heard of my movie. I really hope you haven't, because then I'll just make shit up. (laughs) 
Uh, All right, look, but no, no, Tango and Cash. Yeah, I think I, I think I need to see it. Oh, do and, yourself uh, a favor and make sure you get the version that's uncut, where Kurt Russell says this whole thing fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Don't get the freaking sucks version. I know yeah. it's pedantic, but fuck you. Uh, hit, me, right. hit me with it, brother. Hit me with it. All right, mine is a uh, is a, is a little. Uh, Little little known gem, an, Austra- oh. an Australian film uh-huh. uh, from 1982. Got a, a, st- a bit of research, did a stunning 4.2 on the user ratings on IMDb. So it's up there, people. It's a it's a good. One. This is rated out of ten, mind you. <laughs> Directed by Ken Anakin, who, besides having the greatest last name in the world, has been was directing films since 1946. Directed some classics, Battle of the Bulge, those magnificent men in their flying machines, and Swiss Family Robinson for Disney. <laughs> I, I'm talking about could only be one thing, a little film called the Pirate Movie. Oh. <laughs> now, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> now, I was subjected. <laughs> To a lot of musical abuse growing up, <laughs> there's a lot of things that I can't abide that would that I were just always in my house, always <laughs> way too loud. <laughs> but the pirate movie always stuck with me, and for some reason, it's always just just hung in there as something that it is a guilty pleasure. It is a retelling, or sort of a I don't want to say reimagining. But it's a it's a retelling of the Pirates of Penzance. It's it's a pile of shit. <laughs> I'll be really honest with you. Um, doing some research, it was the winner of three Razzie Awards, <laughs> which is always a sign of quality. Worst director, worst score, and worst original song. It was nominated for worst actor, worst actress, worst original song for another song. Two songs were nominated for worst uh, worst song, mm-hmm. worst picture, worst screenplay, and worst supporting actor. Yeah. Interestingly, also nominated for two AFI awards <laughs> for best costume design yep. and best supporting actor, <clears throat> different actor. Okay. Um, the great Gary McDonald. Ah, oh, we love Gary. Now, now this movie actually had, being an Australian-made film, had some some great Australian talent. In it, Gary McDonald was in it as the police sergeant. For people that know the Pirates of Penzance, the police sergeant, Bill Kerr, the great Bill Kerr, was the major mm. general, and Maggie Kirkpatrick from Prisoner was Ruth, a young Rhonda Birchmore. This movie, it was meant and designed as a as a vehicle for Christopher Atkins, who had just come off the huge success of Blue Lagoon with with uh, with Brooke Shields. And it wasn't. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't do much of anything. Um, it's got some odd little pop culture references. Like there's a Star Wars reference in there. There's some Jaws. There's like a six million dollar man reference. But it's just so earnest in what it tries to do. It's it's trying to be Pirates of Penzance with you know a modern hip twist for the kids. It fails. Really dismally, but its heart's in the right place. <laughs> there was an a- the, the analogy that I drew 
and I I reserve <coughs> the right to edit this out if it, if it comes across as wrong. It's it's like a little retarded kid running a race. <laughs> you know he's not gonna. You know he's not gonna win. Mm-hmm. But god damn it, if you just aren't cheering him on. To he's, 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 it's the Eddie the Eagle of. <laughs> it is. It's the Eddie the Strange. Eagle of cinema. Like I said, when I was writing this out and when I was sort of revisiting this in order to do this, I contemplated. Do we change the name of it to Defending the Indefensible? <laughs> because there's there's not a lot good that you can say about this movie, except that it tries really, it tries really hard. hard. And yeah, there are there are good performances. Gary McDonald is great yep. in anything he does. Bill Kerr is just fucking loving it. Yeah. As the as the crazy major general. Yep. But yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my my justify for this week. Second it. <laughs> Look, I, I remember, I watched this movie on Betamax, <laughs> and I can distinctly recall my parents in a staggering display of of you know, parenthood. They used to hire a movie for me to watch of a Saturday or a Sunday of a Sunday morning to watch, um, so that I would get up in the morning, watch the movie, and not annoy them. But I can remember distinct. I can remember the cover of the film, and I can distinctly remember getting up about ten minutes into it, and then just going off and doing something else. So yeah, no, look, you, you're welcome to it. <laughs> it's no tango in cash, but the, look, this is the name of the segment. It's a movie that we love. We've got to try and justify it. Not sure either of us have have actually justified it, other than fucking Kurt Russell. Yeah, look. I think it's a good opener. I think I, I look forward to your other choices. <laughs> I, but what I would like to say, if I may, the earnestness on Nathan's face <laughs> as he was describing that movie. Oh my god! It was it was it was Oliver asking for more. <laughs> I've never known. I mean, I immediately started pissing myself laughing when I spoke about talked about Tango and Cash. But that you you really want to not be hated for liking this movie and I, I can say to you that I, I while I, I cannot I cannot requite your love in this flick I don't think less of you because of it That's it. That's, that's us. It. That's that's episode two um, from the a fucking monster episode. Looking at that, Nakatomi Ballroom. We got a lot of love to give. We do, we do, and and the fans love it. It's it, it's not quite the people's show because well, it's our show. It's our show, and we whilst we acknowledge that people need to, yeah. just quickly, uh, it, it is a show that we do want more people to get a hold of. So if you do. If, if you can, find it in yourself. If you subscribe through iTunes, if you leave comments and reviews on iTunes, it boosts our rating up on iTunes. More people will want to see it. More people will, will listen to it. Hopefully they'll enjoy it. Um, and if they don't, they can leave a comment that we will dutifully ignore. So if you can go through iTunes, if you don't mind, it's a cumbersome beast, but if you, can't, if you don't mind jumping through, yeah. that'd be great. If not, www.acoupleofpricks.com. Hit us up on the Twitter, ACOP Woody. ACOP Nate 
are our Twitter Twitter names, and also pricks at a couple of pricks .com is the direct the direct email that comes right into the uh, Nakatomi Ballroom. <laughs> but that's uh, that's us for that's us. for episode two. Thank you very, very much. And should we put out, it, yeah. uh, just a quick reminder that if there are movies that you guys want to hear about, you yeah. want to hear our opinions on, we're more than happy to give yeah. our opinions. Yeah, suggest reviews. Yeah. If you want to still have a look at a classic, we are still thinking about doing a review a classic yeah. segment. Didn't get time for it for this week. But, yeah, so this is a work in progress. Thank you very much. So, for another week, I'm Nathan. I'm Matt. And we are A, a Couple, couple of, of Pricks. Oh, we got it. Hell to the year. <laughs>